So I am taking this week off, but I thought of like uh, a little something that I would put on here as sort of a, an afterthought on the seven deadly sins. That uh, it's interesting how I came to this series, and I thought I'd share a little bit of that with you. See, I am a fan of anime, and one of the interesting things that comes up in anime is the use of the seven deadly sins. Uh, it's got a show that's currently running right now named after the seven deadly sins, and it's an interesting portrayal of each one. And there's some older shows that also have people who embody each one of the sins. And it's fairly fascinating the way that they do this. And that was part of how I came to want to do this series. Because I realized that one of my biggest introductions had been not through any sort of biblical source, but through all sorts of other sources. And so it got me to thinking about how many people may not have really had an introduction to them that really actually took a look at what those sins are and how they really relate to our lives. And so uh, I, I thought I'd, I'd just talk a little bit about where that came from. Uh, now, it, when we talk about the seven deadly sins now, uh, we often don't think about them being mortal sins. And that's sort of where the name really comes from, is they were uh, sins that would, would be mortally dangerous. They'd put your mortal soul in peril. Uh, and it's it's an odd concept for some now, because we don't really think about certain sins being, you know, on a scale of, oh, well, you know, here's a light sin, here's a big sin. That We often nowadays will talk about sin being sin, and that there are some that affect others more or that have a deeper impact on our own lives. Uh, but when we think about missing the mark, uh, where, where the word sin comes from, uh, if you miss the mark, you miss. And... And so I think sometimes we have that idea that, you know, there's a wide miss, there's a short miss. But if you don't hit the target, you don't hit the target. Uh, if, if this were archery, the score would be zero if you missed the target, and it would be zero if you fired in the wrong direction. And so for some, the idea that there are seven deadly sins uh, is a bit of an oddity, and I really didn't get a chance to talk about some of that. That uh, One of our modern conceptions now is the embodiment of those sins and how that works. And I went more with uh, that embodiment that, that I was used to. Uh, and, and one of the, the biggest memories for me uh, is a show called Full Metal Alchemist. And in that there are uh, beings who are created, and so they're not quite human. Each one personifies uh, and is named after one of the seven deadly sins. And it's interesting uh, to go back and watch that and really think about 
what it would mean to embody a specific kind of sin. And it really does something interesting that uh, it brings it into focus in a whole new way. And it really gets one to think about what does that really mean and why is that a sin? Uh, you know, when we, we think about lust and having a desire, and we often think about our sins being the action itself. Uh, so sometimes when we think about lust, it's a little confusing because it is very much a sin of desire when we take that traditional thinking of it. Uh, you know, that that if we think, well, if my, my thoughts are sins, then where does that put me? And it very much takes out of the equation the idea that you have to act on it, that even the thought itself can be dangerous in how it may change us. And I think that's one of the most interesting things for me is, is when we really take a deep look at some of these, that deep look causes us to reflect on how we view sin in general. And I think that's always a good thing. Because when we think about the seven deadly sins, we often think about they're so great that we would never do them. Because if you do any of them, then you're guilty beyond guilty. Now, me personally, I don't think there's a guilty beyond guilty. Uh, I don't know that I think of anything as unforgivable. And that's because if I think about God's grace, that forgiveness extended to us, I can't think that there is a limit. Because that would be me saying God has a limit to how much he can love us. And so for me, there's there's no you know, irreversible, there is no sin so great that it cannot be forgiven. And that really gives us a new way to look at them. And for me, that look was that these seven things seem to embody almost any way we can sin. That I think about when they're combined that it does create this kind of complete picture. And it's it's interesting. And I'm sure that we could draw complete pictures using different ones and causing them to be in different orders or uh, a whole slew of things. But those seven are so ingrained in culture and so ingrained in our minds that I felt like they were a good grouping to go with. Uh, and so... You know, if if you want to know more about the things that inspired me, hit me up. If you've got any comments, go ahead and make them. Uh, but know this. We can sin in many ways. And I don't think that we should ever think that those seven are the end-all list. But I do think that they do, when we look at them with a broad scope, encompass almost any type of missing the mark that we may have whether it be our thoughts or our actions, uh, things that we say or things that we do, or things that we think. And it's important that we always be looking around to see what reminds us of that connection to God and what makes us really think about if we are living up to his expectations. And so 
part of this for me is another one of those times where something from outside the Bible really brought me back into it. And many of you may note that that is a theme that uh, is, is rather common with me. And it's because I always am looking around to figure out how to make connections so that it's not just here's what we have in the Bible and here's the world around us. Uh, that, you know, we have holy scripture and we have everything else and the two never cross paths. That if there's a song, if there's a show, if there's a book, uh, anything that might give us a way to connect or think about it differently, being able to make those connections is one of the things that I love. And so for me, it was taking this connection that I had to uh, characters, almost, and thinking about how we relate that to the Bible and what the Bible tells us about it, and then what we find about God's response to all of it. And so when we take that complete picture, it really does give us something completely new when we think about it, that it's not just the scripture there, and it's not just our thoughts, but it's the way that the scripture combines with the world around us and combines with our everyday lives. And when we make that connection, we grow deeper in connection to God's word, and it helps us to understand God's purpose for us today. And so that was all I really wanted to say, and with that, I'm going to tell you that uh, I hope you have a blessed week. If you will come back in one week, we will begin a Seer Discipleship, and we are going to be doing Discipleship in 3G, 3G uh, word sermons that are going to talk about the way that we go out, that we give, and we gather. And you can bet that when I think about it, I'm going to be thinking about my life and the things that I have seen and done. And I'm going to be thinking about what the Bible tells us about it. So I hope to see you back here in a week. God bless and have a good one.